Welcome to the North Brevard Church of Christ podcast. I'm Doug Hunter, one of the elders. We hope that this podcast makes our sermons and Bible studies more accessible. He and all of his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. What does God-fearing mean? Any, any thoughts on this? The, the idea is that he had denounced idol worship and was a believer in the true God. There was, there was like a certain amount of people that, that didn't believe in, in idols. And they, at this time, sort of their, their, uh, their, their name that was sort of like given to them was referred to as God-fearing. That's, that's what they were. They were, they were God-fearing. And, uh, but he wasn't of the circumcision, and he wasn't uh, a proselyte. He was just what they referred to as a God-fearing, uh, a, a God-fearing uh, Gentile. And, but he did worship in the synagogue. He was, that's not the temple, that's the local Synagogue. It said that, that he was he was allowed to, to worship in the in the synagogue, and it says he gave alms generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Tells the level of his devotion, and I think that's got to do with the idea that it actually cost him money. Go ahead, you want to say something? Uh, it also again indicates his heart. Yes. Yes, his heart was open to God, and uh, and so he gave money, and uh, to, to to needy people, and he prayed regularly. Was he numbered amongst amongst the saved? No, he still needed to obey the gospel, and that's what this that's what this lesson is. That's what this lesson is sort of about. He still needed to obey the gospel. Then in verse 3, we go into one day at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Was he saved when he saw an angel? No. What? He, he had what? He had a barrier. What? Yes. Yes. No one was going to come to him. He. Uh, so, so. He. He. But. So, so many times, uh, this is sort of like you know people say they have all these different experiences and stuff, and where they said you know they were saved, but in in reality, Cornelius actually says he saw an angel, but he wasn't saved yet. And going into verse 4, Acts 10, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So, sometimes uh, different versions and different, different uh, uh, of the Bible, it says, uh, it it says, has caused God to remember. 
and and it, it, of course we know that God doesn't actually forget anything, but it, it comes up as a reminder. It comes up that, that uh, and uh, what was God reminded about with Cornelius' prayer? He was reminded about the promise to Abraham that uh, Abraham was Genesis, Genesis 12, Verses 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house, and your father's house to the land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. In verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And this is right here is like Chuck said, until now no one had actually gone to the Gentiles for for to to to, to ask them to be become uh, uh saved through 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 Christ. And and God has has remembered, as it says, it came up as a memorial, it came up as a memory that God said all nations will be blessed. And we know that that Cornelius wasn't a, wasn't a Jew. Until then, it had always been just the Jews. Only the Jews had been offered to, to obey the obey the gospel. But now it says all, all people on earth will be blessed through Abraham. And this is how it's, uh, this is how it's uh, coming up. In verse 5, Acts chapter 10, the, the angel is saying, Send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. Why was Peter chosen to be brought to Cornelius? Any, any ideas on that? Yes. 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 Peter was like the the main. You know, we don't want to say like he was the head one, but but he was he was the main influence, and also. Peter has been chosen because he has the keys to the kingdom. And Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 20, we're all familiar with this. Matthew 16, uh, Jesus is, is talking and he's asking his disciples, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, in verse 16, answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then going on down to uh, verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but the Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose will be loosed in heaven. So it's, it's sort of like a symbolic term, the keys to the kingdom. But we saw in, in Acts, the second chapter, who stood up and, and did the opening, the, the, the opening sermon. It was, it was Peter. Peter is the one that, that, convicted, the, that convicted the Jews of, of killing uh, of killing Christ, and and he's the one that that made the the opening statements about repent and be baptized every one of you. So it's it's sort of like symbolic that he was the first one that 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 actually opened uh, uh, opened the, the 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 church. And when it was time for Cornelius to 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 open it more to. To, to the Gentiles, uh, it, it was it was go get go get Peter. He has the keys. Basically, is 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 the way I think it's, it's sort of described. That that uh, so going back to Acts, the. I think the the thing I read said about thirty miles. Okay. But Peter was going out. He'd gone, like I said, he'd gone out, he'd gone to Samaria, then he went down a little bit, went to Lydda, and then he went over to Joppa. So he's fairly close. Fairly close. Yeah. Only, we'll, we'll find out, he's only like a day's uh, journey, which is, uh, he said it's about 30, 30 miles away. So he said, uh, Simon. I mean, Peter, there's two Simons here mentioned in, in, in this verse right now. It almost gets confusing. But in Acts the 10th chapter, verse 6, he is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Simon the Tanner probably owns a business and will be easy enough to find. That's, that's sort of the, 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 the idea is that when you send your people, you're going to be looking for... Uh, you know, you're going to be looking for this Simon, and, and he's going to be living by the sea, and, and he's a tanner. Go ahead. Okay, that's true. Okay. Oh, okay. Who Peter is? Yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and it says here that that he'll be with Simon the Tanner. Si Simon Peter will be with Simon the Tanner, and then go into verse seven. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier, who was one of his attendants. And two servants and a devout soldier sort of indicates the, the, the authority and the power that, 
that, that uh, Cornelius had. A normal soldier isn't going to have, you know, servants and, and a soldier to attend to them. This, this is more or less a, a higher level, a higher level type soldier. And he's going to have them actually do personal work. In today's military, that wouldn't be right at all. You couldn't, you couldn't send a, uh, you couldn't send a soldier out to do, to, to do personal work. And, and, and uh, so, but this, this, like I say, this shows that, that Cornelius was, was a pretty high-ranking uh, person that he was able to do this. In verse 8, Acts chapter 10, he told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. This was about 30 miles that, that they had traveled in, in a day. And verse 10, he, which is Peter, became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while, he was, while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Then going to verse 11, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Verse 13, then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said in verse 14, surely not, Lord, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. So he's recognizing that some of these animals aren't, aren't what the law refers to as being, as, as being clean. And where's the first place in the Bible where, where it mentions unclean animals? Anybody got any thought? Anywhere else, even, even earlier? Clean and unclean, two and seven, and Noah's Ark. Yes, Noah, Noah's Ark. There were animals identified as clean and unclean, even all the way back on the Ark. It doesn't give a lot of specifications. It doesn't really tell which ones were, were which back then. But we know that, that there were animals that were considered clean and, and, and they were considered unclean. And uh, Genesis chapter 7, 1 through 3, I won't read the whole thing, but it says, it says uh, in verse 2, it says, Take you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and a pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate. And also seven pairs of every bird, male and female, to keep various kinds alive throughout the world. So... Even as early as the flood, there was animals that were considered clean and unclean, even though it didn't, even though it didn't go into it a lot. Back to Acts the tenth chapter, verse fourteen. But what does the law say about clean and unclean animals? This is where what? 
very, very. And it's like a whole chapter. It's in, it's in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. This is what uh, Wanda was making reference to while ago in, in Leviticus. And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to... I, I don't want to try to sit here and go over every one of them, but it says that uh, any animal that has a divided hoof and chews the cud is, is considered to be clean. And uh, we, we know what a divided hoof is, a hoof that has like two, two parts, and that's like what a cow has. And, uh, uh, and chews the cud. I'm not a big expert on animals' anatomy, but the story has it that a cow eats the grass and it goes down into the first stomach. He eats it, that she eats it fairly fast and it goes into the first stomach. And then later they regurgitate it and chew it. And that's what they call chewing the cud and they chew their food. And then when they swallow it the second time, it goes down to a different stomach. And there's, go ahead, is that sort of, Okay. When it first comes in, the reticulum strains out the big stuff. And then it goes into the rumen. That's the biggest. Uh, okay. And you're right. It regurgitates up from the rumen. It chews the cud. We call it ruminating. Ruminating. Uh, okay. It chews over something they're thinking about and say they're ruminating over it. Well, that's where it's come from. Ah, uh, okay. You swallow it back again after they've chewed it. It goes through the rumen into the omasum and the abomasum. And that's like a normal stomach. There you go. That's and and uh, and that's what chewing the cud is when when they regurgitate it back up and they they they, they chew it again and then so I've always pictured thought of them like uh, I've always heard that like sometimes when you see them and they lay down or they sit down on the ground and they're chewing it then that's that's a, a popular time when when the cow is is chewing the cud and and uh, but in, anyway so there, there's two requirements. Um, for, for, for larger animals. A divided hoof and choose the cud. Okay, and then it goes into the thing and it says a camel. A camel chews the cud, but it doesn't have a divided hoof, so it's unclean. And then it talks about uh, hyrax. And I, I don't know exactly what that is. One interpretation I, I read, it said uh, a badger. But I would think that a badger might would fit into a different type of a, a, a of a scenario than this. But it, it, I, I didn't really find any any word for this that that that, that made any that made any real sense. But uh, they're unclean. They chew their cud, but they don't have a the, the hyrax chews the cud, but doesn't have a divided foot. The rabbit chews the cud, but it doesn't. It's it's unclean. And of course, we all know the pig. The pig does have a divided hoof, but it doesn't chew the cud. And, and of course, we know that, that pigs are, are a little bit different. They don't eat grass. They, you know, they eat, pigs eat anything. And we all know the story with the prodigal son that, that pigs, the Jews just don't eat pigs. They don't even, they, they don't even want to be around a pig. And it's, it's unclean. And... Uh, 
in verse 8, Leviticus 11, you must not eat their meat or touch their carcass. They are unclean. So that's, that pretty much highlights what, what they think about the, about the pigs. And some of the other animals, all, fish. A fish has to have fins and scales. And if they do not have fins and scales, they're, they're unclean. And uh, so that would eliminate one of my favorites would be catfish. Doesn't have scales. Catfish has like a skin that you have to peel it off. And, and there's, there's other animals that in the sea that don't have. Lobster, yeah, no otter. Can't have lobster. Can't have lobster or crabs or a little shrimp. You know, that, that no, some of them might have a tail, but they don't have scales. And, or they might have whatever it is. They have to have both. They have to have fins and a scale or they're unclean. And, uh, and you must regard them as unclean. You must not eat their, you must not eat their, their meat and don't even touch their carcass because uh, it's, it's unclean. And if you touch the carcass, you'll be unclean. And birds. It goes into it goes into all these different birds, which I think is sort of sort of uh, uh, interesting. It says uh, the, the, some of the birds that are in verse thirteen, Leviticus eleven. It says the eagle, unclean, the vulture, the black vulture. So he's 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 pinpointing it. Don't eat the vulture. Don't eat the black vulture. And then he says the red kite. Don't eat any black kite. Don't eat any kind of raven. Don't eat owls. Don't eat a horned owl and don't eat a screech owl and the gull and any kind of a hawk. A little owl. He's really, he's, or a great owl or a white owl. So don't, or a desert owl. So don't eat owls, basically. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what he's saying is, is, is he's highlighting that, that these birds are considered unclean. To, to, to be eaten. And a stork or, or a heron or even a bat. Don't, don't, don't eat any of those birds. They're all, I don't know what is a Hopi. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Uh, but it's unclean. Don't eat it. You know, that's. <laughs> they what? They eat meat. Yes. These. Yes. 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 So don't don't eat. Um, now, now we know a vulture eats something that's already died, but some of the birds they actually kill the meat and and, and eat it. But still, it's the same difference. They. Yes. 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 I've I've seen I've seen eagles right uh, on the space center right in with the vultures eating the eating the eating the carcass. People think that they only eat the they only eat fish, but no, that's not that's not the case. And then skip down to verse twenty. You think we wouldn't have to cover it, but it says insects are are considered unclean. There are, however, some flying insects that walk on all fours that you may eat. 
those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground. Of these kind, you can eat locusts, katydid, crickets, and grasshoppers, but all other flying insects that have four legs, you're to regard as unclean. I don't know, I don't know if that was really like a big problem that people like to eat insects or, or the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, th those those insects you, you you can't eat them, but grasshoppers and crickets it says you could. And verse twenty four, you will make yourself unclean by these. Whoever touches their carcass will be unclean until the evening. Every animal that does not have a divided hoof or that does not chew the cud is unclean. Whoever touches the carcass will be unclean. All of the animals that walk on fours, those that walk on their paws are unclean. Whoever touches their carcass will, will be unclean until evening. And uh, let's see. And it gives a, a list, go on down to verse 28 and 29. The more more animals the, that, are, that are unclean, the weasel, the rat of any kind, the great lizard, the gecko, the, the monitor lizard, the wall lizard, the skink, and the chameleon. I call them all lizards, but he, he divides it out He's, you know, to, to show that all of the lizards don't, don't eat them. And all the things that move on the ground and so, if an animal that you're allowed to eat dies, anyone who touches the carcass will be unclean until evening. This is a totally different uh, su subject here, but what it's saying is the animals, if I gather it properly, if you kill it, you can eat it. But if you just find it and it's already dead, don't touch it. It's, you know, which I think that's pretty much a standard for us today is that, you know, you can't, you can't eat an animal just dies of natural causes. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do that. It's, it's considered, it would be considered unclean. And anyone who eats, eats of its carcass must wash their clothes and it'll be unclean until evening. Every creature that moves on the ground must be regarded as, as unclean. You, you are not to eat any creature that moves along the ground, either on its belly or on all fours or on many feet. It is unclean. And I always think about the, here they're talking about snakes. and uh, Yeah, anything that has a lot of legs that just crawls on the, crawls on the ground and, uh, or moves on its moves on all fours. They're all considered to be unclean. And do not defile yourselves. Don't, don't eat anything that's unclean. I am the Lord, consecrate yourself and be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord, verse 45, I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt to be your God, therefore be holy because I am holy. 
So what he's saying here, and this is what Peter has said, Lord, I haven't eaten anything unclean. I've never, I've never done that. You know, and so Peter is familiar with the law, and when this this sheet comes down in a in a vision, and 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 the the, the voice says, "Kill, rise, and eat," Peter's thinking unclean, and it sort of has a parallel with what did what did the Jews think about the Gentiles? Don't go near them, you know. But don't, don't don't talk to them. You know they 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 didn't like the they didn't like the Gentiles. But God is this is like an example that that no I made this. Don't call it unclean. And the voice spoke to him. Do not in verse fifteen. Do not call anything impure that God has made. This happened three times, and immediately. The sheet was taken back to heaven. So this was this was Peter's vision as an introduction to the the men are there from Cornelius. They're looking for him. It, is, it doesn't say that they met him just yet, but and uh, so this happened three times, and and uh, what's the meaning of three times? Any ideas? Any thoughts? In the Bible, we have a lot of different numbers and stuff, and and uh, uh, the the only thing I, I found or, or it said was uh, it just shows the importance of the message being sent. God had to speak it again three. He had to speak it three three times in order to to show Peter as a symbol that that this is that this is very important and. To get through to him. Yes. Yeah. I made these clean, and don't be calling things that I made um, unclean. So what I did was, I have three different slides of our grandchildren to show them how important they are. This is Anthony, yesterday was his birthday up in Tennessee. He just turned 10. He got two birthday cakes. Yeah. This was two weeks ago when we were in Ocala. There's the other three. And uh, and then there's all of them in a, like a uh, a little collage. So we have three slides to show how important grandchildren are too. <laughs> so, but when God speaks and repeats it three times, then you know that it's you know that it's important. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you for your participation. And let me get this off so you don't.